you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and it is your lucky day because you're listening to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm going to mention that everyone should uh, 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 listen to our lottery episode because uh, at the airing of this, I believe, will be the drawing for the Powerball $625 million right. <clears throat> uh, jackpot, and it may go up in a day. You know, sometimes you'll get that extra $15, 20000000 million bump because people are uh, buying tickets like crazy. I got to get one. You buy? Are you gonna buy a single ticket, or are you gonna buy like maybe we'll buy two? Buy f- spend four bucks. Yeah, you're gonna pick your own numbers. You're gonna let the machine pick for Quick you. Quick them. You just let it go, man. Yeah. You let it ride. Yeah. You're like whatever, dude. Got to be in it to win it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't use that ad anymore. It's because they're like Noel sounds so much better saying it. Uh, it's true. Well, they should just hire you to do the the radio spot. Uh, why don't they? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, Anyway, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noel Deneen, come together once a week over a single topic, and from that topic, we come up with several, mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say, several Yeah, great ideas, incredible ideas even, on how you, the listener, can get really rich really quickly. And we don't ask for anything up front. Mm-mm. That's how good we are. That's how good we are as people. Yeah. Um, we don't ask for anything up front. We're not uh, like these internet hucksters who, uh, with their one-size-fits-all, get-rich-quick scams for themselves. No, no. We're much more altruistic than that. We want you to get rich. And then once you get rich, Noel, what do they do? After you are rich, when you're sitting on piles of money, pews of money, you might say. Oh, the church of the golden coin. And you're like, what can I do to help these guys, to give them back for getting me where I am? Do I petition to get them canonized? That's a nice one. Yeah, that is, but we'd rather be cashinized. I- I'd be okay with a hand job too. <laughs> okay. Josh I mean, gets get, Josh gets a hand job. If I'm, if I'm really being honest, I get honest. cash and eyes. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'll take cash as well. Ten percent of all your riches, you tie this just like the church, the one that never did anything for you. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Another group that takes your money before you have it. That's right. Right. I mean, I've I've went through all those uh, 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 ones where people should. They played a bunch of video, like uh, sound bites from videos uh-huh. for a while. That were testimonials of how all these people, when they were broke, tithe the church their 10% no mm-hmm. matter what. Even if they couldn't afford fucking baby food for their baby. Yeah. They still tithe. And then look, they started working again. Yeah. Because of the church. Yeah. Because it makes me crazy. Makes me crazy. Make me crazy. Anyway. Anyway, guys. Dead air, Noel. That's that right. That was awesome. Um... So, yeah, I don't know. I guess I haven't seen you in a week or so. In a week. Yeah, it's been a week. Are you still angry at me? Yeah. Plotting. You said to me, Uh it's my favorite quote. (laughs) 
<laughs> you said to me after after last week's episode yeah. that I make you angrier than anybody. Than anyone I have uh, regular contact with, yeah. Yeah. I get, more, I get angry with you more often than anyone I have regular contact with. Yeah, and I was so happy about that. <laughs> it means you care, Noel. It means I care. It means that I am so embedded uh-huh. in your heart and in your psyche that things I say to you actually matter. Well, and also, you know, other than my girlfriend and my coworkers, I see you more than anyone. Really? Yeah. That's terrible. How how many friends of yours do you see more than once a week? Okay, so you can take the S off of that. Okay. It's how many friends do I see more than once a week? Okay. And uh, none. Yeah, exactly. None. None. We're grown adults with things to do. People don't get together that often. I don't understand that. I used to hang out with my friends all the time. All the time. Like during school, after school, yep. weekends. Yep. I was always hanging out with my friends. I never spent time. With my parents. Yeah. And then something happened. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> uh, Noel, it has been a week. It has. And I'm sure you've got a scintillating story lined up. <laughs> That's, I'm uh, going to figure out how it has to do with uh, our topic. Yeah, today. sure. Uh, I I did do something this week. I made uh, Ecuadorian food. Hmm. Well, we've already done an episode on Ecuador. We have. So that's not the link. All right. You made Ecuadorian food, but that is because... Because my girlfriend's from Ecuador. Right. Uh, so I made uh, frittata, which is a big dish there. Is it... Fr- but it, I saw the picture of it, uh-huh. and it did not look like frittata as we would not know frittata. frittata. Oh. Frittada. Oh, so you? it's like... It's like it's a surprise, so you just take it. It's like magic. Ta-da! It's a really weird cooking technique. Uh Uh-huh. But as I did it, you kind of see how it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you take... I took like two pounds of of, uh, pork shoulder. Uh Uh-huh. And I put cumin all over it. Okay. And then you take... uh, You put it in in a deep pan mm-hmm. and you pour or you put an onion in there chop up an onion okay in big chunks mm-hmm. you're supposed to put like eight cloves of garlic okay uh, but she doesn't like garlic. she doesn't like garlic so i didn't put any i think if i were to make it again i would put a little just because you need a little more i of that think flavor. i think a little would be good uh-huh um and then you put three cups of water okay yeah and you cook it and uh you cook it till there's Almost no water left, mm-hmm. and then you put in a cup of orange juice. Okay, and you cook it till there's no liquid left, mm-hmm. and then in the meantime, you've made like boiled potatoes right. and things oh, so like that. So that's all made separately. Yeah. So then okay. you put in, uh, then it's all like frying in its own juices and stuff, mm-hmm. and you put in the potatoes and like hominy and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, and it actually it it. It turned out much different. I've had it before, mm-hmm. but it even even then, and making it this way, I was like, it's not going to turn out like that, and it did. It turned out really good. Um, and as you're cooking it, you taste like the the water, and it tastes like really good soup. 
Well, because that's right. That's what soup is essentially, yeah. right? I mean, you're making a stock, and then you're basically dehydrating it and coating the pork with it. Yes, you are. You are glazing the pork with its own jus, yeah, as they say, yeah. and then you're also deglazing it with a little bit of sweetness from the. Uh, doesn't say. Did you put any salt on it? There was a little salt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you need salt. A little salt and pepper. Yeah. I mean, the only diff thing I would have done differently. Uh, There's uh, a couple uh, things I would do a little differently. You again. know, I would brown the meat beforehand. Because uh-huh. you just want to get that Maillard effect. It just adds a little more depth of flavor. Uh-huh. Um, you know, season it up really well. Uh, you know, and the more flavor you add to those things, the better. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you did a good job on your first go. You're kind of yeah. like a, a savant, a cooking genius. I was told genius. it was, would be good in Ecuador. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fritada. Fritada. Yeah. Fritada. Fritada. Wow, you're brilliant. You're like the Einstein of frittata. Of Ecuadorian cooking. Uh-huh, in New York. Yeah. On on the street you live on. Yeah, on the streets and in the sheets. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. And it's fitting uh-huh. that you are the Einstein of frittata. That's right. Because today's topic, Noel... The subject of our idea factory is... Today's topic is Einstein. How to get rich with them, how to genius your way relatively to the top. Oh, if it's an actual person, yeah, is it a topic? I feel like it's more a subject, isn't it? Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just wondering about that. Like is Einstein when you talk about a person is I mean I guess it's a, to- it's a, a topic. topic of of conversation exactly all right Einstein you not wow that was <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely English as the third language right there Einstein you Einstein not. you not yeah oh I see I, Einstein Einstein you not I guess okay anyway Noel yeah. How do you get rich from Einstein? Easy peasy, I'll tell you. All right, tell All me. All right. Uh, Einstein, guys, smart guy, well-known to be a smart guy. So well-known that his name has become synonymous with genius. Mm-hmm. He had a very productive career, but no time more. The 1905. That's correct. Do you know about 1905? Oh, do I know about 1905? 1905 was known to physicists. I read Wikipedia, too. I did not get this from Uh Wikipedia. It's all over the place. Known to physicists as the miracle year. Einstein had hit his stride. How old was he? He was a pup still. He was like 25 or something like that. he was a baby. Yeah. He was working as a clerk or something like that. Yeah. He wasn't even like a a known quantity. He was not a known quantum. Oh, my God. (laughs) In March of 1905, Einstein created the quantum theory of light, the idea that light exists as tiny packets or particles, which he called photons. Uh, alongside Max Planck's work on quanta of heat, <clears throat> Einstein proposed one of the most shocking ideas in the 20th century physics. We live in a quantum universe, one built out of tiny, discrete chunks of energy and matter. 
That was, as I said, in March. Mm-hmm. In April and May, Einstein published two papers. In one, he invented a new method of counting and determining the size of the atoms or molecules in a given space. And in the other, he explains the phenomena of Brownian motion. You make some Brownian motions, right? <laughs> I make a good Brownian motion every day. <laughs> Usually around 10, 10, 30 in the morning. Is that how you describe BM? It's Brownian, my Brownian motion. motion. You yeah. just call it my BIM. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I quantify my BIM. Your corniness is off the charts oh, today. Oh, you should see the BIM. <laughs> You want to talk some corn. Oh, <laughs> you are a nutty guy. Should see your BIM with that, too. Yeah, yeah right? Uh, the net result was proof that atoms actually exist. Still an issue at that time. And the end of a millennial-old de- debate on the fundamental nature of the chemical elements. Then in June, Einstein completed <laughs> special relativity which added a new twist to the story. Einstein's March paper treated light as particles, but special relativity relativity sees light as a continuous field of waves. Such a contradiction took a supremely confident mind to propose. Hmm. Einstein, age 26, saw light as wave and particles, picking the attribute he needed to confront each problem in turn. Einstein wasn't finished yet. Why did he have problems with his interns? (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, He wasn't finished yet. Later, in 1905, came an extension of special relativity in which Einstein proved that energy and matter are linked to the most famous relationship in physics. E equals mc squared. Most famous equation in the world. It is. You know he didn't Actually, he plagiarized every single one of these things. Well, I've heard a few different things about that. Uh, the energy content from of a, Al Jolson, apparently. <laughs> from Al Jolson, I heard one thing that said that his wife did it all. Yes, there's there's that that whole thing. Someone wrote that. a book about that. Then the wife, the movie, the wife the is basically wife. loosely based. Oh, is that is it? Well, it's you, about a novel. Suggesting that it's about a writer. I didn't see it. Uh, uh, the movie Big Eyes. You ever see that one? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't based, based on, on Einstein. No, that was actually a real story. Based on Einstein. It was a real story based on Einstein. Yeah. That's where he got the idea to do it. That's where the guy Came who up took with credit the of the right. big eye uh-huh. pictures got the idea for it. it was from Einstein. Mm-hmm. And he's like, my wife paints big eyes. I'm a genius like Einstein. Yeah. And my wife paints the big eyed paintings that I should be painting. That's right. And there it is, yeah. Einstein. Go ahead. Uh, so, th- so this equation predicted an evolution of energy roughly in a million times more efficient than that obtained by ordinary physiochemical means. At first, Einstein did not grasp the full impl- implications of this formula. But even then, he suggested that the heat produced by a radium could mark the conversion of tiny amounts of the mass of the radium salts, blah, blah, blah. In one year, Einstein had laid out the groundwork for his life's work as well as for quantum mechanics. Good year. 
Uh, one thing about Einstein, though, even though he did lay down all this foundation of quantum mechanics, he had an issue with quantum mechanics. Uh, many people <clears throat> think it's because he was able to see the implications of the math before others did. Mm. So even though his equations didn't quite come to these conclusions, people suspect that he saw where they were going, right? And in particular, the things that he seemed to have problems with were string theory and quantum entanglement. In uh, Einstein mm. called them spooky action at a distance. Hmm. I don't know what you know about quantum entanglement and uh, string theory. But I mean, everything. Okay. I'll give a, for, the, for the listener, then, I'll yeah. give a, a quick yeah. rundown. Quantum entanglement is a physical phenomena that occurs when pairs or groups of particles are generated, interact, or share spatial proximity in ways such that the quantum state of each particle cannot be described independently of the state of the other even when the particles are separated by large distances. So it's as if the quantum are entangled. It's like the Brothers Karmanov. Isn't that the one where they... No, no. That what? What's the, the Cheech and Chong version of that? <laughs> and and the one feels what the other right, so happens? You're, 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 the Corsican Brothers. The Corsican right. Brothers. But you so were, close. You were, no, I, I don't even know <laughs> where... Were you thinking the Brothers Karamazov? I don't know. The Brothers Karmanov? yeah. yeah. Like, I, you were just all over the place. Ah, I'm just thinking about caramel. Right. So it's like when you and I sit next to each other uh-huh. and I touch your nipple yeah, like I'm doing right now. Yeah, and you feel it on your nipple. And I feel it on my nipple. Well, that's because your other hand's playing with your other nipple. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're quantumly entangled is what we're, we're saying. We're quantumly entangled. The Corsican brothers uh-huh. were essentially quantumly entangled. If you wanted take a quantum leap sure <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the scott bacula joke <laughs> uh so einstein thought this violated the local realism view of casual casualty and that they're <laughs> m- <laughs> no Prof- cut and paste <laughs> happened over here, though. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, <laughs> Professor Noel in front of the class, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he thought it violated the local realism view of casualty and that there must be a missing piece. Oh. He called it voodoo math. The third Corsican brother. The third Corsican, the Corsican triplets. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the, the triplets Karmanov. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a fucking idiot sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, so we call it voodoo math. Uh, but Einstein believed in the unexplained otherwise, right? He was religious, uh, even mystic at times. He believed that you had to keep <clears throat> your mind full of wonder. Mm. He did that by taking mushrooms, I understand. Really? Acid and mushrooms. I didn't see anything about that. Well, you weren't looking in the right place. I was looking at work, so I was looking at weird drug sites. <laughs> uh, so Einstein, what was it, nineteen fifty five? When he died? Yeah. Yeah. He died without seeing the missing piece found. No. Not because he died too early though. He died without seeing the missing piece found because there is no missing piece. What? Yeah. 
Uh, turns out recent experiments have proven the original spooky theories to be true. Shanghai University of Science and Technology recently observed quantum entanglement in action. And they did an experiment where they saw quantum entanglement in action 1,200 miles apart. One end of it, of the one of the entangled particles, was on a satellite circling planet Earth uh-huh. in space. Uh-huh. Perhaps you've heard of it. No. Famous for being scientific. What, Earth or space? Space. Space is famous for being scientific. Yeah, Dumbo. (laughs) I hate when you make fun of my ears like that. (laughs) And I thought, huh, interesting. Maybe uh, Einstein should have embraced the spooky all along. Right? Uh-huh. What else happened in 1905? I'll tell you. U.S. took control of the customs in Haiti, essentially making it a puppet government. I got thinking. Voodoo math. Oh, God. Spooky at a distance. Uh-huh. Quantum entanglement. Uh-huh. How can you, the listener, make money off of this? Well, I'll tell you how, because one thing really smacked me. Quantum entanglement really, I have a hard time seeing how it's not almost exactly the same as a voodoo doll. Mm. Right? A doll that you poke. We don't need a Corsican brother. We just poke this doll and you feel it. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. We tickle that doll's nipple, mm-hmm. and we see Josh is still playing with his own nipple. Mm-hmm. So that one doesn't count. But mm-hmm. I'm playing with a witch's tit on my neck. That's right. So there's a lot of applications that you can do with this, right? But the one that's going to pay the most, which is the one I'm going to detail, which also, by the way, has to do with the highly scientific outer space... is that uh it's well known Uh uh-huh we are going to be sending people to mars yeah we talk about that a lot on a lot on this show a lot you love mars i do you love the whole concept of sending people to mars it's gonna it's like trillion dollar missions we did an entire show yeah on mars trillions are gonna be spent doing this yeah of course get a piece Right? Uh-huh. How are we doing it, though, man? Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. Space on that, the, not the scientific, not the royal scientific space, but the but the commonly understood space uh-huh. of, like, room on that space ship. Oh, I see. Okay. Is going yeah. to be at a premium. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. You're going to want to send someone out there who's good at constructing you're going to want to send someone else up there who's good at something else, agriculture, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. What if you could save a little room? Mm. What if you didn't need to send a doctor? Mm-hmm. What if instead, for each passenger of this highly scientific spaceship, 
you get a doll that's quantumly entangled with them. Mm. And as they go into space, you monitor the doll. And if something goes wrong, you need to operate? No problem. You operate on the quantumly entangled doll. Mm-hmm. The, the, the you operate on the quantumly entangled doll? Yeah. Or you... Oh, I we, see. We have the doll here. I got gotcha. With the best doctor on planet Earth. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so the doll is here. It's not on the. Uh, it's not no. on the ship. And on the either spaceship. is the doctor. We save room for the doctor. We don't have to get the worst doctor in the world. World who's willing to go on a suicide mission. Right. Right. Because <clears throat> that that guy's gonna be a loser. <laughs> that guy's he's gonna be like, well, see, I either go to Mars or right. I go to jail for life for all the oxy I've been prescribing. <laughs> Right? That's yeah, the only doctor no. that's going on that track. You're right. Right? But you leave it here and you get like a good doctor. A good doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And he does operations on this quantumly entangled uh-huh. doll. Uh, the uh, astronauts look stressed out. You can give the quantum doll a massage. Oh, yeah. Right? There you go. It is. It, it's almost. So the quantum doll is going to have uh, basically a, a fully laid out uh, uh, organ setup. Sure. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Right? Yeah. Uh, and you are going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Right? All there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Albert Einstein. You were right. That was a, a fine, fine idea, my friend. Great. Um, I never knew that Albert Einstein was offered uh, uh, the opportunity to be like he was going to be given mm-hmm. the uh, prime ministership or yeah. whatever it is they call it of Israel. Yeah, he was going to be the second prime minister, and they were just like, "Well, you just say yes, and we'll you'll be the prime minister." Uh huh. He was like, "No," because he's not good with people. He said, "Yeah," and and it's true from everything I read about him. He was a pretty shit human being. Was he? Yeah, he was a pretty shit human being. We'll get into that later. Um, so Noel, <clears throat> I did a lot of reading mm-hmm. about stuff, and as I was flipping through things, I read that there is a group of authors, playwrights, and anti-plagiarism crusaders in China preparing a lawsuit against one of the biggest novelists there. Uh, accusing her of copying over 200 total works. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Kim Jang, Jian. Mm-hmm. That's her pen name, apparently. And uh, she had published a novel called Jin Shu Wei Yang, which was just turned into a TV show there that had uh, uh, more than 1.76 billion views on a video streaming site that it was released on. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Uh, you may have heard about that time that uh, Robin Thicke's 2013 song "Blurred Lines" mm-hmm. uh, uh, was found guilty of having copied from Marvin Gaye's uh, hit "Gotta Give It Up." Yep, and Robin Thicke and Pharrell had to pay more than five and a half million dollars to Marvin Gaye's family. Yeah. William Faulkner's estate has been suing the shit out of people 
they sued uh, 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 for for apparently for improperly quoting his material mm-hmm. and plagiarism. They uh, uh, filed a suit against Sony Pictures uh, regarding Woody Allen's Midnight in Paris, the film Midnight in Paris, which they claim was adapted from Faulkner's Requiem for a Nun. Okay. Uh, they filed another one against the contractor Northrop Grumman over a full-page ad they took out in the Washington Post, which included the line, we must be free not because we claim freedom, but because we practice it. All right. Which is from an essay Faulkner wrote for Harper's Magazine. Um, what I'm getting at here is plagiarism. There's a lot of money in it. Yeah. Now I want to read you some quotes. Okay. And you tell me if you know where these came from. All right. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I don't know where it comes from. Albert Einstein. Wow. That's what everyone says, Albert Einstein. Evil is a result of what happens when man does not have God's love present in his heart. It's like the cold that comes when there is no heat or the darkness that comes when there is no light. I'm going to say Albert Einstein. That's what they say. (laughs) I refuse to believe that God plays dice with the universe. The Corsican brother. Albert Einstein. Oh. Not everything that can be counted counts, and not everything that counts can be counted. Uh, that was Rumsfeld. Albert Einstein. Oh. Two things inspire me to awe, the starry heavens and the moral universe within. Okay. Can't be Einstein again. Everybody what? is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Now, many of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> will recognize many of these, uh-huh. and they will all believe that they all came from Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. If you look up, when you do a search for Albert Einstein, the first things that pop up are well, you just told me they famous did. quotes from Albert Einstein. Uh-huh. Every single one of these quotes and many more, Albert Einstein never said. Really? Yep. But people, you will see posters with Albert Einstein, and the definition of, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You will see posters. You will see quotes. Other people quoting this is an Albert Einstein quote. Uh-huh. It's plagiarism, goddammit. Mm-hmm. It's plagiarism. This is what you're going to do. Okay. You're going to write inspirational quotes. Get them out on the Internet and get everyone using them by saying that Albert Einstein quoted them. Okay. That's going to be the virality of it. Yeah. Then you are going to sue Albert Einstein's estate for millions of dollars because you're going to prove that you wrote these quotes. Okay. And why is the Albert Einstein estate taking credit for it? Whether you win or lose, it's kind of if you win, great. You Mm -hmm. got millions of dollars. If you lose, doesn't matter. It's going to be in the news everywhere. Yeah. Right? And then you are going to become rich and famous because people are going to be quoting you and your inspirational quotes. Your inspirational quotes are going to be on posters. Yeah. They're going to be on billboards. They're going to be all over the internet. They're going to be in book form. They're going to be Oprah Winfrey-ized. All of it. And that's how you're going to do it, guys. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It is fantastic, goddammit. <laughs> you know, we've often been called the Einsteins of finance. Yes. The Feinsteins, they say. 
the funny thing about that to me is, you know, Larry Feinstein was the name of Larry of the f- Three Stooges. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really more like the Two Stooges of finance. Well, we were missing the third, the third Corsican brother, the spooky one. Yeah. <laughs> the the voodoo math element. Uh huh. Yeah. But he's a coming. <laughs> it's a coming. If you want to help us find our missing brother, guys. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Knowles show page, hit the sponsor button, pledge an amount. Half that money will go to Josh and I in our quest to find our missing brother. Half that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn Mm. in their quest to hide our brother. Keep him in the dungeon. Keep him in the dungeon. If you're like, I don't want them to ever find their missing brother, then you can just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, hit the pledge button, pledge a one-time or reoccurring amount of money. All that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn so they can use it to do things like hide our brother, <coughs> fund their after-school program for teens, keep the lights <coughs> going, but mainly hide our brother. You get a tax break because... It's like Radio a man F- in the iron mask, our yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah. Kept in the basement of the studio. Yeah. You get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn's a 501c3. C3 standing for Corsican third. You could feel good about yourself for hiding our brother. If you want to help hide our brother in other ways, you can uh, subscribe to the newsletter Radio Free Brooklyn. What a great name that is. That's right. Best name ever I know. for a newsletter. Our brother would be so proud. Well, because he wrote it. Yeah. You can uh, download the apps, iPhone or Android. Download the Radio Free Brooklyn app. Listen to the live station. Get all the archive shows of all the shows. And just rock it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're dragging this one Every out. Every <laughs> week, guys, we put out our pleas to you. Actually, I do have I have a new plea. Oh, what's that? Uh, so this is just kind of a logistical thing. We are in the process of changing the host that where we put our uh, shows. So you're saying it's no longer going to be on Podomatic. It's no longer going to be on Podomatic. Uh, so we have to, once again... Retraffic out our shows. Other than iTunes, iTunes gets uh, that's already switched. Uh, but if you, the listener, notice that where you usually would download the show, uh, it's not showing up. Uh, let us know where that is, and uh, we'll get it trafficked out. Uh, and as thanks, Josh finds another topic to find another way to get another rich every week, guys. So we're saying thank you with that. Mr. Josh, take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Credit cards, bank accounts, and personal information. That's what we usually think of when we hear about hacking. But we can now add medical devices to the list. I have a vulnerability which will let me acquire the serial number from any of these insulin pumps within a 100 meter range. From 100 meters away, I can scan for any insulin pumps in the vicinity. Um, It will return those insulin pump IDs and then I can have them dispense their entire 300 units of insulin. 
Most patients think they can turn off wireless capability or that safety mechanisms will warn them of an attack. Uh, what they don't realize is that I actually disable all of these warnings and that the RF functionality cannot be turned off. It's always listening. Even if you turn off the remote option on the pump, it was, this attack will still work because the RF transmitter is always listening. Medtronic, the company that makes this insulin pump, says it is increasingly focused on security, but says, at this time, we believe that the risk is low and the benefits of the therapy to people with diabetes outweigh the risk of an individual criminal attack. Medtronic may fix the software in the next version of their insulin pump, but there are no plans to recall the devices. So, I play you that clip because Medtronic is also having this problem with defibrillators as well. So here's the plan, guys. You're going to hack into people's insulin pumps. You're going to hack into their defibrillators. Mm -hmm. You're not going to kill them. No. But you're going to have all their information. You're going to send them a little email or a little text or a little whatever. And you're going to say, hey, buddy, I could kill you right now if I wanted to. Yeah. But if you just give me a couple grand, I'll let you live. You could do that. You know what else you could do? <clears throat> what? You could be like, hey, uh, diabetic dude, mm -hmm. I got a line on some cheap insulin. Or, hey, defibrillator dude or diabetic dude, I got some line on some cheap Burger King. They're diabetic and defibrillating <clears throat> for a reason. Uh-huh. It's because they like to nosh. That makes no sense whatsoever. What do you mean? No, you sell. You use the info to sell. Yeah, you can do that. It's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. The info it's you're getting, the though. Yeah, the info you're getting is just all their medical info. Yeah, but you know who they are. You'd be like, hey, dude. Yeah. You want to buy some medical supplies? <clears throat> Whatever. Supplies. All right, Noel. Yeah. Einstein. Einstein. How are you getting rich with them? I'm going to tell you. Uh-huh. If you can understand it. Uh, if you can say it. What? <laughs> you guys, Einstein, many people would consider him the smartest man in the history of the world. Uh, don't people sort of think Stephen Hawking is that now? I don't know. It, it depends. I think there's there's like a he's in the race. Fight. Fight, yeah. Fight, oh, could fight. you? That would be a great. That'd be fight. a great fight. A dead guy and a, and a, a dead guy <laughs> in a wheelchair. They're all dead. Yeah. So it's dead versus dead. What a fight that would be. Someone needs to make that zombie show. I know epic rap battle. You remember that? That was very viral mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah. I don't know if they still. That was make like them. the plasticine show, right? I don't know about that. Uh -oh. the, the epic rap battle was a, a, a series of viral videos where they, and I think they did like three or four seasons of them where they would do rap battles between historical figures. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. And, uh, uh, you know, there were some pretty funny ones. Uh -huh. um, but I feel like they did one with Einstein versus, but I feel it was versus Newton. Okay. And I think they need to do one where it's Einstein versus Hawking. Yeah. It would be funny. be great. Anyway. Anyway, guys. Well, anyway, no matter how you slice it, smart dude. Yeah, he was a smart dude, no doubt about it. Uh, he's Jewish. And that. Yeah, we're smart. Which both that, you you think in your mind, and you think cha-ching, right? Yeah. You think that spells money. <laughs> You're racist. You're the one who, who dropped the Jewish fact. Yeah, that's because he's smart. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Canadian. 
Uh, right, he's smart. <laughs> oh, zinga zinga zoo. So I thought, <clears throat> how much money's this dude got anyway? Right? Mm-hmm. Well, when Einstein went to work at the Institute for Advanced Studies in Princeton in 1932, he was asked to name a figure for his initial salary he wanted to earn. He thought for a while about what his requ- requirements were and came up with a figure. He granted himself a salary of $3,000 a year, which adjusted for inflation is about $53,000. Mm-hmm. Dude, come on. Uh, other professors actually complained on his behalf <laughs> that he was making too little. Uh, and they had his uh, income adjusted uh, to $10,000 a year uh, with $7,500 a year pension. But still, <clears throat> not huge, huge amounts of money. Well, you know, I mean, despite his genius, he was a professor. After yeah. All. And over the years, he did increase his salary. He also made some side cash. He invented a new type of fridge. You, you read that? No. He invented a new type of fridge that worked different. That was very informative. It was different. <laughs> what, what was different about it? It used uh, compressed gas. Instead of Freon? Or, uh, no, or, it was, or before, was before Freon. Freon. Yeah. I guess Freon, Freon actually replaced his fridge. Gotcha. Because it was easier or something. But his was uh, more eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make some eco-friendly green cash, guys... Make that fridge. Uh, he didn't have to spend a lot. No. Right? He uh, always lived on campus or in military mm-hmm. places where his got a great house, great life. Everything's provided for. So his income's kind of just going into the bank. Yeah. But, you know, so he did get more throughout his life, but it never went crazy. I mean, I heard when he died, or I read when he died, his that he was that he had like a million bucks. That's exactly bank. what I got yeah. here, right? When when he died, he had roughly one million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he died, also researchers took his brain mm-hmm. within hours of his death. His small family. Uh, they they were all riddled with health issues yes. and are all gone now. Mm-hmm. His estate is now, for the most part, owned by Hebrew U in Jerusalem. Yeah, it's amazing how similar this is to my next idea. Oh uh, no, to we're, now. This, okay. it's all going to go different now. Uh huh. Right. Uh, they're the ones who go out and get paid for his image on a t-shirt mm-hmm. for your quotes you were talking about mm-hmm. all that right I just want to say because you brought up his small family uh-huh. did you read how one of his sons died no so one of his sons was it turned out was schizophrenic okay and this just goes into the he's a shitty person uh-huh he had said at some point when the kid was 24 years old they put him in a home and Einstein never went and visited him Again, all right? So the kid spent 24 years in a home Uh and died there and never heard from or saw his father in that period of time. 
That's number one. Number two, he is quoted as having said if he had known that his son was going to be afflicted with schizophrenia, he would have killed him instantly as a baby. Wow. Yeah, like dead quotes. He was a kind of not a nice guy. You know, I did read one thing mm-hmm. that was, it was about, uh, what's her name, Curie. Yeah. And she got in this huge scandal for having an affair. Mm-hmm. And uh, Einstein told the press, basically, to try and cool it down. He was like, you know, it, it's not a big danger because she's basically not very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wrote her a letter. Uh-huh. Basically praising her all up and down, and I think he was hitting on her. Yeah, he was. He negged her. He negged and her, and then he like built her. You know, he was showing I her. Think yeah, he was trying to get some absolutely yeah, some oh, radioactive he nook. He apparently was a a a big uh, 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 cheater. Yeah, you know, couple of wives. Yeah, you know. But anyway, go Can't ahead. Can't judge a man by his pipe, guys. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if he he coined the term land pipe. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, when he when he died, they they took his brain. Mm-hmm. They uh, Hebrew you got his estate, got the rights to everything he, his image, mm-hmm. his quotes, his everything. Uh, Forbes published a list of top earning dead celebrities for Halloween a few years ago. You're, you're, th- we're gonna we're gonna differ. Okay, that's fine. But I I basically I'm just gonna give you my like it's gonna be an elevator pitch well, by the time it gets. You better to stretch me. it. Uh-huh. Uh, Elvis Presley, uh-huh. Charles Schultz, mm-hmm. Heath Ledger. It's a few years ago. Yep, uh, two thousand eight, I think. Uh, and Albert Einstein. He yep. makes twelve to sixteen million dollars a year after his death. Mm-hmm. No living relatives. But the scientists, they took that brain. Mm-hmm. They did research on that brain. They published the research on that brain. Mm-hmm. You can go online today, now. You can probably do it on your phone. You can download the DNA of Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. You can get CRISPR. Mm-hmm. CRISPR technology. Mm-hmm. You can alter your DNA to incorporate... Albert Einstein's DNA to the point where you are irrefutably the rightful heir to Albert Einstein's estate. Mm -hmm. And you can say, hey, Hebrew you, Hebrew me, and take it. And you now get 16, 12 to 16 million dollars a year plus probably back payment. You got to be at least 53 years old. That's when he died. <clears throat> mhm. That's it. That's it. Yeah, well that's a great show. <laughs> no. Yeah, pretty much. Dude, come on. The only difference is is that I uh I mean basically everything you said. Uh-huh. Uh I I got here. The only difference is, is my theme for you claiming to be the descendant uh-huh. is that apparently before he got married to his first wife, All right. he knocked her up. 
Oh. And they had a baby girl. No one knew. I saw something. No that there one was knew an illegitimate anything, kid, and I didn't get if that no was. No one knew okay. anything about this till they started reading his papers in the eighties, the nineteen okay. eighties, and he talks about it in his papers. But they had a. No one read his papers till the eighties. They were going through where, where, what I have here. Biographers weren't even aware of her existence un- until his, until examining his private papers in the late nineteen eighties. I'm sure people read some of them, but they just grabbed ones that were pertinent based on whatever. Maybe these were new biographers going through old stuff. Thought that, you know. But anyway, her name was Lee Searle, and uh, no one knows what happened to her. Like, literally, oh. no one knows what happened well, to her. Well, that's a good add-on to there that are, theory. There are theories that she died of uh, 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 scarlet fever okay. in like 1903 yeah, when yeah. she would have still been very young. But there are other theories that there was this, because her his wife was a, a Serbian, uh-huh. that they basically adopted her out to this Serbian family oh, yeah. and that she lived, but no one knows anything about it. Okay. The rest is exactly, I mean, basically the same. I Just the fact that they have DNA coding of his, and, you know, I love CRISPR technology. I talk about it all the time. You do love CRISPR. Yeah. Um, and so that was it. There you go. Wow. And you would just come out and say that you were his great-grand, or his, yeah, great. If you're, if you're like our age a little bit older, uh-huh. you're his grandchild. Yeah. If you're younger, you know, in your 20s or 30s, you say he's his great-grandchild. doesn't matter. It's direct lineage. If you're older, you're the, the Gibby kid. Well, no, she would be. She would be. She'd be over a hundred years yeah, old. With my theory, because she was born, she would have been born in eighteen ninety six. So she would be like a hundred and thirty. But if you're sixty five, twenty two years old, you could be his direct child that was popped out when he was seventy five. Yeah, I guess. I feel like if if you bring up this sort of fact that you know, I mean, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, too. right. That's Yours is is more mired in the in the fog, right? But yeah, it's a, otherwise it's the exact same stuff. That's right. Either way, you're taking Einstein and making it Meinstein. Boom! <laughs> oh, yeah, right? There you go. You can replace Minecraft with Meinstein. Oh. <clears throat> and you're just digging up blocks that look like Albert Einstein. The kids will love it. Yeah. The kids will love it. <laughs> digging up blocks that look like Albert Einstein. <laughs> yeah, well, we got a lot of time to kill we now. Got, we got a few minutes. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you pick your brackets for the uh, March Madness Final Four do, basketball? I don't do brackets. I know. I'll, I'll get a lottery ticket, though. I will get yeah, that. I'll get that as well. You guys, and since we mentioned it on the show, any listener wins, we get 10%. Yeah, it's true. It's true. If you listen to this show Saturday uh-huh. before 11 o'clock, yeah. uh, uh, you owe us 10%. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, when you, you can't be like, you heard us say that if you listen to it before Saturday, 11 o'clock, which means you've listened to this entire show. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, shutting it off. Too late. It's too late. Yeah. Too far, too far gone. Too far so, gone, guys. Excuse me. If yeah. you win 620 some odd million dollars. Yeah. We get 60. That's 60 bucks? 60 million. 62 and a half million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay I with use that. that. Yeah. 
I could use that. Come on, guys. Well, we actually really get 30, 31.25 each. Uh-huh. Uh, I could use a little more than that. Yeah. But, you know, it's a good start. Yeah. It's a jumping off point. Yeah. Could make some good frittata with it. Buy some primo pork. Yeah. Well, there you go. Some Berkshire pork at the farmer's market. Yeah. Fancy potatoes. Squeeze your own oranges. Well, I think if I were to make it again, that is a uh, or or how about this? Uh You could hire an Ecuadorian to make it for you. I live with an Ecuadorian. Yes. Does she cook? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. What's her What's her best dish? She's good at yogurt. <laughs> no, no, she's she's made some stuff pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh I, I'm probably the better the better of the cooks. Uh-huh. The more versatile. Uh-huh. Um yeah. If I were to make it again, you know what else when I I'd put it in there? Just what? a little bit. A little celery and carrot. Get the whole uh, French triumvirate a in there. Mirepoix. Yeah. There you go. That's very uh, French. Yeah. And it's not Ecuadorian. Come on. I'm just telling you. You know who uh, put, <clears throat> who declared the incorrect equator in Ecuador? Someone who was not Einstein. I can tell you that they were French. Yeah, yeah. So, there so you we go. they can they can claim it. I I I'm going to just say now we can claim it. I'm going to claim my own Ecuadorian roots. All right, your own Ecuadorian roots. Yeah. All right. I didn't know there was an Irish person that that had anything to do with uh, Ecuador. Sure. Yeah. There is now. Yep. <laughs> Noel Deneen. I Irish Ecuadorian. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Noel. Anyway, guys. You want to get in touch with us, right? You want to do something to give us have different ideas. You can get us on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. You can email <laughs> us. At GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. Are you getting us on Facebook? Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. Uh, you can go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you get podcasts, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> uh, if you only listen to a podcast form, we implore you, tune Saturday nights, 8 o'clock, Radio Free Brooklyn. Get the schemes five days before anyone else. Get there early. Listen to Art Star Scene. Stick around after. Listen to Sitting with Gianluca. We is, love you. Is Art Star Scene the only show that's, oh, no, I, the only talk show that's been around as long as we have? Uh, not, No. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Lisa. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Um, She's doing well. Queer Dr. state Lisa. of mind. Queer state of mind. Right. Um, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to go through the probably list. probably like six or seven. Yeah, of there's us, a few. Right? Yeah, and then there's a few of the music shows. Yeah. Okay. Just, just curious. Yeah. More than but they're, uh, they're, they're old timers, guys. Mm-hmm. Listen to how they do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Around this time, you got a lot of money in your pocket. You got to figure out what to do with it, how to spend it, what to make your pockets not rip. Well, good thing for you. Josh does the research for you so you don't have to. Mr. Josh, take it away. Send that money! 
With its distinctive wild-looking spots, the Bengal cat is a fairly common one in today's cat-owning society, but what makes this breed particularly valuable is its closeness to its larger, more dangerous ancestors. Bengals are created by crossing a domestic feline with an Asian leopard cat, and as a result you can expect a fiery, excitable companion that likes nothing more than to bring you daily gifts from the garden in the form of anything smaller than itself. Bengals can be so formidable that pet owners are actually required to make sure that the cat they are buying is at least four generations removed from the original leopard cat. The very best examples of the breed have been known to go for as much as $25,000. So you go, guys. Buy a $25,000 cat. Yeah, and registered as a weapon. That's right. You guys. What? Josh and I have... We know that we're financial geniuses. We know that we're Feinsteins. How do you know that our ideas are worth risking it all? Taking loans out on the house, spending the kids' college funds, quitting your job, alienating yourself from your friends, your family, everyone you know, giving it all up, going for broke. It's because Josh scours the internet for rules of getting rich quick to which we judge our schemes by. Where do our rules come from this week? Uh, today's rules, 11 key principles from the book, The Science of Getting Rich. Yep, sounds legit. Number one, to grow rich is to fulfill your potential. That is, fulfill your potential. Just like make make you getting rich, you're basically your own 1905. Yeah. The miracle year. Yeah. That's this year. Absolutely. Number two. Thought and action create success. That's right. Quantum intertwinement. Entanglement. Entanglement. Wow, you don't even remember from your own... Corsican brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corsican brother. And uh, number three... Number three. Create, not compete. Create, not complete. compete. That, to me... Sounds like a rule of physics. And just like Josh and I, we didn't compete our second ideas. We created one idea. Well, I actually went on your computer <laughs> and just copied it. Um, anyway, no, we're three for three. Yeah. So you know what? What? We're definitely getting rich. That's right. So once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. Hold on. There we go. Land on the line, play the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. 